Today's show is sponsored by CastCartel.com, your premium spirits marketplace. It's so convenient. Go to CastCartel.com, get your spirits shipped directly to your door. Yes, some of the allocated stuff is going to cost more, but it is a convenient play. You can sit at home. You don't have to go to a raffle. You don't have to camp out overnight. You can get premium spirits delivered directly to your door. And obviously those daily drinkers, they are going to be more on par with what you pay in the store. So check them out at CastCartel.com and follow them on instagram at cast cartel they're always doing awesome giveaways for their followers today's show is also sponsored by premiumbarproducts.com your number one source for laser etched glassware and barware it is also the place you can go to get the official dad's drinking bourbon glencairn what better gift to give someone than customized laser etched glassware they have all sorts of glasses the glen the wee glen the tua the neat glass the tipsy rocks glass the kenzie dram that's the one everybody wants to get they have all sorts of glasses there as well as bar tools go to premiumbarproducts.com and check them out hey hey, john boy look at you uh indirectly making me some little extra money here now i like where this is heading oh you're gonna go for this right off the bat i thought we were gonna save this for like sponsorship time but look at you all high and mighty you put in a 100 bucks into action247.com and ended up with 374 bucks yep yep whoop I wanted to talk about this to kind of start the show. I mean, we are watching the national championship while we are recording this episode. I know both of us have our TVs on mute. We are watching Alabama defeat Ohio State pretty handily. The game just ended. I mean, I think defeat would have been what happened in the first half. Ass whoopings what happened by the end of the fourth quarter. Well, it was close in the second quarter. It was pretty close. And then all of a sudden, Alabama was like, nah, nah, fam, we're good. <laughs> like, hey, you know, we've been cruising in third gear pretty good, but rev it on up a little bit. <laughs> you want to talk about this? I mean, Ohio State came off of that Clemson game where they absolutely whooped Clemson. And Alabama was just sitting there. I mean, you look at this on paper. Ohio State had only played seven games up to that point. Alabama had played 12. So, I mean, obviously, you got to think about fatigue. Ohio State had all these advantages. If there was a year to take down Alabama, their people were rested. Big Ten pulled some bullshit and said they weren't going to play, and then all of a sudden said they were going to play, and then they changed the rules to let Ohio State get into the championship. Like There was a whole bunch of stuff that went on this year, and Alabama was like, nah, 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 nah. I mean, Mac Jones threw for 454 yards and five touchdowns. Devonta Smith... 215 yards and three touchdowns in the first half before he hurt his hand in the second half and came out of the game. (laughs) As I'm sitting here, I've got SVP on on mute, and then I hear you talking, and now I've got like this this double bald guy vision. It's kind of (laughs) weird. But I will give credit at least to OSU uh, on on that uh, that role they put on Clemson. At least, I mean, they were going to catch flack for uh, you know being in to a degree, especially if Clemson would have rolled them. But it, at least they they ponied up to that part and you know didn't completely pull a Notre Dame and you know just God, why do they keep putting them in the damn playoffs? Shit's old. I mean, Florida really should have been in there if they didn't shit the bed towards the end of the season. Like that one yeah. game, 
Oh yeah. I mean, I literally, it's, it's almost, you know, those random distilleries that seem to always win the, the whatever whiskey awards and yada, yada. And you're like, man, who drinks this? Nobody's ever heard of this. Nobody buys this. I know <laughs> that's the equivalent of Notre Dame being in the playoff every year. Hey, we got some awards. We did something. We made it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But nobody likes you or thinks you're worth the shit. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and with me, as always, is Zeke Baker. And together, we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. We are delving into my former career of sports radio tonight. The national championship for the NCAA was tonight with the Alabama Crimson Tide handily defeating the Ohio State Buckeyes 52 to 24 down in Miami. Zeke, you're just bringing out shots already. Shots fired at people that win whiskey awards and shots fired at Notre Dame. I will argue with you that Notre Dame gets in on name recognition alone. So to make your analogy right, it would be a really good distillery that puts out a shit bottle but wins anyway because they have that name recognition. I mean, if it wasn't Notre Dame, if it was any other school, like if that was Toledo and they were in the same position, there's no way they make it into the Final Four. Well, I mean... Who's to say I, I didn't have that thought process going in? I just thought I would, you know, be polite, and not name anyone, because I'm sure plenty of the folks listening, you know, everybody's kind of different, has their own cup of tea. But I'm sure there's all probably at least one brand that, you know, seems to always be in the top three or five every year with some product they have. And you think to yourself, why does this keep showing up on the radar? I don't know a soul that buys it or drinks it. Again, we don't need to go down that road. It's just it's not, a, you know positive criticism so we'll leave that open to the imagination well i just wonder how much do rankings really matter anyway i mean in and and i'm thinking about football right now because football it gets to a point like basically you're screwed if you don't win out every single game every year if you don't go undefeated then you're not winning the national championship gets into this murky thing here's where i think it would be interesting in the whiskey community right so what if you took stats like you did in the ncaa and you basically said what are the sales for these brands and then if you were going to put them in the top 10 you have to know what the sales are and you don't really have an equivalent for rpi but there are stats you could use here to put these bottles up against each other and actually rank them Uh, i see where you're going i just think that would be tough if you factor in you know the whole on-premise side of the business because i got a feeling the stuff that's you know going to be accounting for the most dollars is you know these places these you know products that are the you know whales across the board this and that and that's where they're raking in money and it's not even necessarily anybody going for that product well it's the whale it's the default it's what you get Well, at that point, you're really looking at allocated stuff, right? Like you're going to be thinking about a limited edition version rather than the small batch. In that case, sales would be strictly based on how many were produced because if it's allocated, it sells out every year. But can't you do a percentage or how quickly it sells out? I mean, I think that's all up to, you know, the store or the ABC or distro. But I mean, I don't know if hardly anything that's technically allocated anymore that 
doesn't sell out each and every year. I'm sure there's a few things out there, but I think it would be tough. Just trying to make you think here. I mean, there's got to be something that we can do to level the playing field. I mean, blind tasting is one thing, but it is still subjective based off of people's taste. I mean, I'm just baffled that you worked in radio. It's not like I say it every second. No, the the best part was just the the whole back and forth about, uh, so we were discussing in our group chat on Morgan Wallen's new double album. It's got tracks one through 15 on both discs. It's a double album. Well, apparently depending on the platform you downloaded it from, it didn't separate the two, which I guess makes sense because it's not going to count to 15 twice. It just went one through 30. So we end up in a pretty good, you know, bullshitters discussion over whether or not it should be considered two albums or one, especially with digital media now, and you don't have like two physical albums. And at least a couple of times, they're like, no, 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 no. Dent says it's two. He worked in radio, you guys. Remember? I know. I saw you do that. That was good. <laughs> and, then, and then you finally chime in like 20 minutes later. Hey, guys, it's two. I worked in radio. You don't know this? <laughs> I only said that because I read up. I scrolled up. I'm not oh, no, that it dumb. Perfect. It was perfect. It was perfect timing. You finally came in on cue for once. Yeah, I came in on cue 20 minutes later. (laughs) I watched a great documentary on Netflix, and I recommend this to anybody who is listening. It's called The Evolution of Rap. Pac is on there talking about his double album. He goes, we're about to release a double album, all eyes on me. Like, so... For our friend Mike Schwartz that is in our group and wanted to claim that it is one album, two discs, you're wrong. The industry term is double album. Yeah, I don't know where he got that. I mean, I I, I think it throws people off because nobody owns a disc anymore, so you don't physically have like something in each hand to look at. But yeah, a double album is, is two things. One body of work maybe, but it's still two albums inside that body of work. It was basically it. because an LP went 10 to 15 songs, an EP went went about five to six songs if you had too many songs that all kind of flowed together at the same time of your life and want to release them at the same time was a double album because you couldn't fit all of that on one disc at that time makes sense but i i will at least close out this random uh, ramble with if you play the whole thing in its entirety the first one through 15 have a pretty decent similar theme, and so does the second one through 15. You can tell it's meant to be two separate you know, trains of thought almost, or emotions and whatever. So why not release two albums? He did. At once. Double album. <laughs> From an economic standpoint, we are rambling a lot tonight, but I would just say like a, an economic standpoint. At that point, say you can charge eleven ninety nine for one album, and you're gonna charge eighteen ninety nine for a double album. Well, you're missing out on three bucks an album. Ah, uh, you know, maybe he just wrote that much quality stuff. I mean, I'm sure most people put out an album. There's all kinds of tracks and stuff left in the floor, so to speak. Maybe these were all just, you know, better than average to higher than that. And why waste it? Put it out now. Seize the carp. Got to risk it for the biscuit. (laughs) There you go, big guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, speaking of Columbus and the travesty that happened to the Ohio State Buckeyes, I hate, by the way, the Ohio State University. And I understand where it comes from. It goes back to its agricultural days when it was first put out and it was used to distinguish itself from some of the other schools in Ohio to make sure it wasn't compared to Miami and Ohio University and things like that. But I just hate the Ohio State University. And part of it, too, is also the fact that I am a Kentucky grad. There were a bunch of people from Ohio that went to Kentucky and they were all OSU fans, but they're at Kentucky. Go to the damn school you want to go to. Don't come to my school. All I got to say. 
But but we are drinking a bottle from a distillery in Columbus, Ohio, and that distillery is Watershed. Before we get into the stats of this bottle, because stats matter, and stats really help you if you're going on the sports book, which you did to win a whole bunch of money tonight. You used code DADS100. They matched your initial deposit of 100 bucks. You bet all of that on the game tonight. Ended up winning 374 bucks in total. So you basically took $100, turned it into $374. Congratulations. Action247.com is the only sports book by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. One of the cool things about them is they actually have places you can go around Tennessee and do a cash deposit or a cash withdrawal. You don't actually have to connect electronically all the time. They have awesome apps. I've already used the app on my phone. Super cool. Use code DADS100. You will get your first deposit matched up to 100 bucks, just like Zeke did. They're also doing an awesome PlayStation 5 giveaway this week for their free-to-play game of the week. There's no catch. The game is 100% free-to-play, and they will enter you in the giveaway. Looking for some action on your favorite games? Go to action247.com. Now that we got those stats out of the way, let's get to some stats on this bottle. It is a barrel strength finished in Nochino barrels. It's four years old. It is 59.5 ABV, which is 119 proof. It is $79.99. This is the world's first ever bourbon finished in Nochino barrels. The distillery is releasing this in celebration of 10 years of independent distilling. Highly limited and offered exclusively at the Watershed Distillery Bottle Shop in Columbus, Ohio. This age-stated bourbon was rested just shy of five years and bottled at barrel strength. It was put in, finished in Nochino barrels, and you're probably sitting there going, okay, what is Nochino? Yeah, I thought it was some fancy word for not wearing pants. Nochinos? Yeah. I mean, it sounds good, right? It sounds perfect. It is a nutty sweet liqueur made from unripe Ohio black walnuts, sugar, and spices, released once a year in limited supply. The walnuts must be harvested prior to the nut forming and before they fall from the tree, creating a narrow window of time to produce this rarity. So it's a very limited window, Zeke Baker. I'm not the best with, uh, I guess, what horticulture or whatever that is, but I don't even understand the... Obviously, I understand that a nut grows inside the, the seed or whatever, but still, like... Or is the nut the seed, whatever. But what are you harvesting then if, if nothing's developed? I'm lost, kind of. It's like nut fetuses? I mean, I, I had that thought, and I wasn't going to go there. Like the embryonic state or something. I don't know. It's like a pre-hard nut? Maybe it's still like a liquid form at that point? That's all I could think of is maybe it's still liquid, so that when you, you get it and you know, squish it or whatever, it's almost like busting a grape, and you just that's where your, your concentrate comes from. You make the liqueur out of or, or with. It's unripe, so and it's a black walnut. Now I'm going to like Google this. Yeah, you definitely got some homework for later there, big cat. Well, I'm going to look at what it looks like. I'd never even heard of no chino before. I was like, what in the hell is he saying? So it doesn't look hard. It, it still looks green. The walnut is green, and it hasn't got hard, and it kind of looks white and pasty on the inside. Huh. Have you ever heard of this liqueur before? I have not. I think I've had it, but like I haven't dove into what it means. So does it require a special type of barrel or is it just, you know, 
this is just, you know, a run of the mill barrel that this product happened to age in. Well, the cool thing is, is that Watershed actually puts out a Nochino liqueur and they are one of the few places that does that. So they've basically taken these barrels that they made their liqueur in and said, okay, well, let's try to finish these off uh, with some whiskey. So it doesn't require a special barrel, you're assuming is what you're telling me? Yeah, I mean, it traditionally... (laughs) Way Way to skirt the question there. So they said, Nocino traditionally hails from Italy, but thanks to our good friend and local Charlie, who shared his time-honored family recipe, we've been able to help the tradition take root in the Midwest. After making our Nocino, we age it in spent bourbon barrels for added richness and complexity. Okay. So they don't have to use a bourbon barrel, but they have them. They're using them. They might as well reuse them. Yeah, no, it makes sense. All that being said, you have the stats... You have as much as I know about this bottle. What did you think about it, Zeke Baker? Let's see. Note-wise, for the nose, uh, the first impression I got was something somewhere between uh, toffee and ginger cookies, but then also a an, an added amount of alcohol. I said it would be almost like, you know, when you mix the uh, wasabi and the, the ginger stuff you get at the sushi restaurant. It really kind of reminded me of that as far as like times when you've had those two smells directly, you know, right under the nose and can pick them up in a blend. Just that heat smell and uh, ginger as well. Palette wise, first taste I got like honestly right before uh, I took a taste, the nose still was radiating off of this and you could immediately get kind of a youthful presence out of it. Moving into the palate, I felt like it was a mix between almost kind of like uncooked or burnt like home kernel popcorn, like you know you make on the stovetop, and then just uh, uh, had a the heavy alcohol burn. I felt like put down that you know once that burn kind of fades out, it kind of circled back to something I caught on the nose as far as having just a strong essence of uh, it reminded me of like ginger snaps or ginger cookies. I guess maybe that's something to do with the Nochino, because I don't ever recollect any kind of ginger notes at all in, in a whiskey product, but I definitely got it on nose and palate for this one. Finish-wise, it, it just kind of left my tongue feeling starched. I think there are similarities I have with you and differences as always, but for the nose, I don't know the best word to describe it or the best way to describe it. Besides, it's got that kind of raw, crafty nose. Like, you know, when you have a craft distillery... Like it's not completely cooked, but it's not not cooked. It's like rough around the edges, nose to it. Uh, a little bit of green apple, coffee, floral. I, funny enough, I did write down ginger too. The taste though, the first thing that I got was like a flashbang of heat. It's like somebody was invading the house, threw in a flashbang, and it was like, oh, hot damn. And then my tongue was super tingly. So I had to get past that first sip and I didn't get a lot on the palate because of it. And then once all of that subsided, I really could enjoy it again at the finish. And you're right. It's that popcorn, but it's like that stovetop popcorn. It's the Jiffy Pop. And then almost a little bit of red wine, that maltiness. But like, I want to say that maltiness is like the craft signature coffee finished paired with a hell of a kentucky hug i definitely felt this one going down my chest so i would just say there are good notes in here but there's a lot of heat too it definitely um is more than prickly i would say it's gonna put some hair on your chest and you need it (laughs) whatever buds i got more than you 
What are you talking about? If we did like an average based on surface area, I'm winning. I don't know, man. You've seen me. I know. You, you just have more surface area, so you may have more hairs, but I think I got the, the density going on. Fair enough. Now, <laughs> end of the day, I, I think you're wrong, but for the sake of moving on, I'm just going to say you're right. Now, at the end of the day, what are you rating this? I haven't played around with it in water. Just didn't have time to, to get there. I do wonder where that would go with it as far as if it subsides that heat some and does change it around. As is, straight out of the bottle, uncut, unfiltered, you know, however you want to look at it. It just packs a lot of heat. And then the notes that come out beyond the heat, you know, that like the, the popcorn thing. It's not as, as youthful as, you know, what you would commonly get in some places, but it's definitely a form of youth. And I, it took me a minute to like pinpoint it, but I felt like it was spot on if you ever had corn off the stovetop that gets a little burnt or even uncut. Sometimes it's uncooked. I don't know, but just the kernels involved for whatever reason. I definitely felt like that was it. I definitely didn't love it by any means. And it, you know, $80 a bottle, I've, I've got to have a pretty strong uh, affection for it in order for me to want to buy one. I just poured a little bit more and put some water in there. It's still got the burnt popcorn taste to it. It's a little bit creamier. It's not as hot, but still cooked. And you can tell that it's like that. Like it's it's got some char. We have seen in Tennessee, I mean, my biggest problem isn't the taste on this one because you know it's the local distillery. This is a distillery only release. You know that the community is going to get behind it. You know that they have some loyal people in the community. Putting it at 80 bucks, yes, I know it's a limited edition release, but it's four years old. And they already have the Nochino barrels there. I'm thinking of an ops cost. I'm thinking of all that other stuff. I just think 80 bucks for a four-year limited release is a tough pill to swallow. And Yeah, makes sense, especially like you brought up the fact that it wasn't like they sourced the barrels out. I mean, assumably they were uh, already covered in the cost of the original Nochino that got produced. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of what's going on here because this is the third time they used it, basically. They they aged their bourbon in it then they aged the nochino in it then they aged this bourbon in it after they already aged it in another barrel so this is the third use of the barrel you know it's tough i mean we've seen in tennessee a lot of the crafts kind of push back down to 60 and i know we shouldn't be quibbling over 20 bucks and people are going to kind of get on me for that but it's just a precedent that i don't love of four-year whiskey being 80 bucks no, same here. I mean, like I say that to me, if you once you get around that mark, uh, I've got to have a pretty strong affinity for you and, and really want to enjoy drinking it to get a bottle. And this would would come up short of that mark for sure. Showing that we're doing our due diligence, right? Like there are picks that are out there. In Jack Daniels Barrel Proof five year pick, sixty five bucks. You know, you put some of these other things like Davidson Reserve, sixty bucks. Heath Clark. H. Clark Distillery, 60 bucks. So I think 80 bucks, I, I don't want to sound like I'm just harping on the price. I also just think that there's something there. I don't know if it's the cuts. I don't know if it's where they're aging the barrel, but there is a lot of heat. It definitely got toasted. My thought initially was, I think that heat's got to be there, you know, from, from something to do with the distilling process. You think it's a cuts thing? Somewhere in there. I'm not smart enough to, to know all the ins and outs, admittedly, but I think no matter what barrel you put this in or how short or how long it aged, because even with water, it's still there. I, I, I think this is something that's, uh, you know, basically born into the juice. 
so to speak. I wonder what their mash bill is. I mean, I feel like it would have to be a little bit higher corn, at least high 70s for the corn content, but I would love to know from them what it is. But there are also aspects of this that I find super unique. It makes me wish that other part of it was dialed down. Like if they could find a way to kind of get the cooked portion of it down, but play up that ginger and the green apple and the other stuff I'm getting from here, I think this could be a very, very, very unique pour. Yeah, the ginger is definitely interesting note. And I don't even, I mean, without knowing what necessarily goes into Nochino, but the fact that it's walnut based, I, I don't think there'd be a link or an association there. So who knows where that's coming from? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I definitely don't want to discourage them. <laughs> at any point because i think what they're doing is unique and i love when a distillery is going to kind of think outside the box and go for it it's just something that in there that's a little bit burnt i just wish it wasn't but besides that i love what they're doing just a bit outside (laughs) well zeke what are you going to do with all your winnings i mean it is the birthday week son we got to make it rain somewhere in the next uh five six days whatever it is you mean make it rain at a steakhouse or something? That's a seafood tower right there. <laughs> that would actually be the, the the most fitting use for that. We, we just get the seafood tower and take pictures of it and send it to everybody. <laughs> Our friend Michael St. Pierre would love to see a seafood tower. He'd love to eat it. Well, Zeke, it is your birthday week. Everybody take some time out this week and wish Zeke a happy birthday. We love you. It's another year around the sun. Congratulations. We're happy to have you. This has been a fun show. We kind of deviated from our initial mission. We let it go on a little bit longer, but now it's time to go. So thank you to the folks at Watershed for sending this our way. We definitely love what you're doing, but I am probably a bar on this one. What about you, Zeke? Yeah, I'm in the same class. Like I say, 80s just, I I really got to love and enjoy drinking it to, to get that 80 mark and higher. But I think that Nochino is super interesting. So if I hadn't had this and I saw it at a bar, I'd try it. Yeah, I'm still interested to, to see exactly what that product is on its own. I will find a way to get us some of the regular Nochino. And I will also tell everybody to find us on Facebook at Dad's Drink of Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Chances are you already have because you're listening to us right now. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? This coming Friday at Bullet, Saturday morning down at uh, Jack Daniels, and then Saturday evening back in good old Nashville for a uh, an old foe barrel proof pick of all things. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Three picks in two days for Zeke. Cheers. Ow. Oh.